It's very important as you hold on to that dream. There are moments when you're going to doubt yourself. There are rough times are going to come, but they have not come to stay. They have come to pass. Stay dangerous. Age, age is a number. And you can go hard and you can keep going. And we all have more to give. So I say we step up and give it. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy, and I am the pastor at Doxa Church. So we are wrapping up a series where we've gone through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and it has been so good to preach through a letter like this. For those of you who don't go to Doxa Church and haven't listened to all the sermons, here's the way this letter breaks down. The first three chapters are Paul encouraging and uplifting the church at Thessalonica. He loves this church. He's talking about how he's praying for them and how much they mean to him. And after those first three chapters, he turns a corner and he goes into the next two chapters of application. He's reminding them how to view sex, how to look at their workplace, how to view the end times. And then as he closes it up, he just packs the closing of the letter full of reminders on how to build one another up with love. He's exhorting them to respect those who labor among you, so to love your leaders, and to also love those who are struggling. Furthermore, to have the right kind of culture, to be at peace among yourselves, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, always seek to do good to everyone, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, don't quench the spirit, hold fast to what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. So there's been a lot the last few weeks that we have packed in as Paul just won't stop. He won't stop giving some exhortations and challenges to this church. So he gives us all of that. And then, instead of saying, do better, just try harder, clean yourself up, be holy, and make sure you don't screw this up. Instead of saying any of that, he does the complete opposite. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So instead of picking himself up, facing his fears, running uphill, here's what Paul says. Right after that verse, the next verse is, Brothers, pray for us. In humility, he asks them to go to God on his behalf so that his God can carry him on. Now, I'm going to be preaching the final sermon this Sunday called, It's Not You, It's Him. And the sermon is all about how we grow, how we get closer to God, how we accomplish the point of this podcast. How do we live our lives on mission for the glory of God? 
It's not from your strength. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So in light of all of that, I felt the need to do a spin-off episode on the two core Christian views of growth. When you look at church history, there's so much to learn. But historically, there are two ways of looking at this, and I think it's fascinating. One is the Catholic way, and the other is traditionally called the Protestant way. Now, Doxa is a Protestant church, but over the last 100 years, there has been a lot of this historically Catholic philosophy that has crept into the American evangelical church. It's gotten a little blended. It's gotten a little murky. And a lot of Christians from a variety of backgrounds, they carry this baggage with them. So if you will allow me, let's go back into church history, and I will explain the two views on Christian growth. The whole Catholic view of the devoted Christian life conforms to a certain pattern, the essence of which can be put this way. It regards holiness as a special vocation. It says that if you want to be holy, if you want to grow in grace, you have to take that up as the exclusive business of your life. So when you trace this back, this is where you get the monastery and the various religious orders. They divide up Christians into two groups, the religious and the laity. Similar to how the Pharisees viewed themselves as superior to the rest of the regular everyday Jews in the days of Jesus Christ. But the religious people who grow in grace and develop, and then the laity, everyone else, and they can't be as devoted because they're just too busy. So there's the haves and the have-nots, the super-Christians and the everyday people. Sounds awful, but I hope you can see that that thinking is not totally gone, even in many Protestant evangelical churches. And what are the regular old laity supposed to do? Well, they can receive merit from others who have taken the spiritual vocation of becoming a devout, dedicated saint. There's your historical Catholic church. And that's really the essence of it. If you want to grow in grace, you have to come out of the world. You can't remain in just any profession or business. You need to be celibate. So even marriage is incompatible with this lifestyle. You have to cut off certain things in a drastic manner, and then you have to follow the mystic way. You have to go through the various stages of spiritual development. It doesn't really sound a whole lot like grace, if you ask me. But if you can't keep up with all of that, be thankful for the serious, devout people who are covering for you. So, what's the problem with all of that? Well, I don't even have time to get into all the problems it causes because there are so many. But I hope you can see they start with this bad view of growth. And they basically take the entire Christian life and they make it more about the work you put into the process of growth rather 
than just walking with Christ. It's basically you live to grow. You live to be more spiritual rather than growth is nothing but the essential result of living. And here's where it really gets interesting because unknowingly a lot of people in good solid churches in their own sin nature, in their own spirit of of legalism that resides in the sinful human heart, you can naturally fade if you're not careful into the same root posture where you approach growth directly rather than indirectly. We too can view growth like a greenhouse pot plant in the perfect environment, the perfect conditions, set it up for this to grow rather than just growth that occurs organically out in the wild. And when you view it that way, you always end up with the good guys and the bad guys, the naughty girl and the rule follower. You also get a lot of striving and stress and anxiety and fear because it's more about the journey than it is who you are on the journey with. You follow that? It's more about I got to get here rather than I'm walking with Christ. If it's all about getting to the destination, so much so that you can't enjoy the company of your God and your Savior along the way, there is something wrong deeply embedded into the core root of the way you view your faith. So the Protestant view, or we could just start calling it the biblical view because not all Protestants follow it, but they did get this right originally when they broke off from the Catholic Church. It starts with this general principle. The biblical view, the Protestant view, says there are certain laws which govern growth in every realm and in every department of life. And then it goes on to say we cannot make ourselves grow. We cannot produce growth. So we must approach it indirectly rather than directly. Remember how Jesus said you cannot add one cubit to your stature? He was referring there to physical growth and the extension of life. But there is a sense in which it is equally true in this foundational element of life that our Creator set up. We can't add to our spiritual stature either. You can't make yourself grow. I can't make myself grow. It's an indirect, natural thing, not a direct thing that I produce. Now, we can observe certain conditions which promote growth and which are essential to growth, and we can intentionally insert those conditions and elements into our daily routine. That's called spiritual disciplines. And you may be thinking, well, David, isn't that the same thing? And I'm going to say no. It's very different. Very different. Think of it like this. Health is not something which can be produced by medicine and surgery. Health comes from getting sunshine and exercise and putting healthy organic foods into your body. You don't need to cut yourself off from the world like a Catholic monk because it's impossible to be holy in a dirty, sin-cursed world. You must be better. Cut this off. Cut that out. That's the same thing as saying be celibate so you can focus. What that line of thinking is saying is be so dedicated that you do radical surgery. And in the same way, what results from this is an artificiality. 
There is a forced attempt to produce growth. It's like you're trying to produce health by taking the right over-the-counter drugs. So instead of fooling yourself into thinking that surgery and pills will manufacture health, realize there are certain conditions that lead to growth, promote growth, and encourage growth, and tap into those things. It's like eating fruits and vegetables instead of all that fried, processed junk. You do those things, and the growth will look after itself, and the health will shine. And when you look at growth the right way, you are saved from a mindset of overthinking and doubting and endless stress. Am I enough? Am I doing this good enough? I guess I can, I'm not measuring up. I've done everything I can do. You turn that off and you turn that inward focus to look up and to look ahead. Look what Jesus did for me. I'm going to do the same thing for someone else. So biblical growth is something that happens organically and naturally for the Christian who is a new creature. You don't have to strive and run ahead. What you have to do is simply walk with Christ. John 15 talks about it this way. Abiding in the vine. Talk with God. Listen to him. And the more you see his love for you, the more you will love him. We love him because he first loved us. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So do spiritual disciplines matter? Yes, of course. You consume the living word of God the same way you consume healthy food. You pray and you meditate and you go on walks and you listen to the Spirit's leading the same as you would be letting your body rest and recover. Growth isn't manufactured out of your own willpower. Growth is a natural byproduct of being alive. If you are spiritually alive, the God of peace will sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here are a couple takeaways for you. And you can spend some time chewing on this, thinking through this, discussing this. But focus on your faithful God more than you focus on your own shortcomings. If growth in Christ is organic and natural, it's indirect, don't put all of your emphasis on what you're doing wrong and where you're measuring up short. Just focus on your faithful God. Also, I would say, Don't count anyone out who knows Christ. If that person is a believer, have confidence that God will surely do it. He is working in their life. Just never underestimate what God can do in that person's life. And of course that would mean stop comparing yourself to others. At some point, every believer in Jesus Christ is going to see him face to face and we will be glorified. And all of the things we don't understand about each other and all of the things we don't like about each other, one day they're not going to matter because God is going to make all things new and he is going to glorify us in himself. Comparing yourself among yourself is unwise. So if the point of your life as a Christian right now is to number one, 
glorify God, to show his glory, his attributes, his love, his justice, his mercy, his holiness in your daily life. And you do that by shining light into the darkness, by building up others, by sharing your testimony of what God has done for you to those who need to hear that. What it really boils down to is something you've, you've heard. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard it. Love God and love others. So true growth isn't simply a linear thing where you start to look different and sound more spiritual. True growth is you developing your God-given personality and your story with all the hurts and the bumps and the bruises and seeing that as God is working and in allowing him to shape you into someone who is strong. So growth never looks the exact same in everyone. And we're all on different places along our path. Stop looking at growth as a byproduct that you must develop yourself into. Look at growth as an organic process of life. As you walk and talk with God, your growth is just like any growth in all of life. It's indirect. It's an organic result of living and breathing as a new creation. And once you get that, then you can live without pressure. You don't have to fear. You don't have to strive. God has a plan, and you are part of it. Your identity is in him. Your confidence, your strength, it's all in him. All you have to do is abide in the steadfast love and the faithfulness of your great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think it's interesting that the Bible never says to grow in holiness or to grow in doing good. Instead, what we consistently get in the New Testament is to grow in your faith and to grow in love. That's really it. And here's how it's summed up by Peter at the close of his second letter. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. The more we know him, the more we see him, the more we feel his love. It's just like anything that you love in life. You love it more when you see how much it means to you, when you see how much it's given to you, when you see how much God loves you. We love him because he first loved us. And as we grow in our love through the knowledge of who he is, we will grow. So focus on what he's put in front of you. Handle what you can handle, what he's allowed you to handle, what responsibilities he's given you, and leave the rest up to God. There's so many things that we can't control, but he's got it in his hands. And the more you're able to do that, the more you can know that you've grown spiritually. I hope this was helpful for you. If you have any questions about what you heard or any thoughts at all, I love hearing back from you. I got a lot of feedback on the End Times podcast. And my prayer is that this will be a refreshing assurance of truth for your soul. Please review this podcast. Give us a rating. And if you like it, share it with a friend. The more engagement you give, the further our reach spreads. So thank you for listening. You are loved.